I was thinking about a message to share for today, and with Mark being the person that we honor, I couldn't think of a better message than one about the race set before us. So I want to read a passage from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1. It says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Prior to this, uh, prior to this passage in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, the writer is talking about the faith that it takes to follow and understand all that God has done and is doing. And then he lists off a number of people, men and women from the Old Testament, who did just that. They followed the voice of God, not knowing what the next step was going to lead to, not knowing what was around the corner. Think about that. We've got the Bible. We've got a group of believers we call a church family that can help us in all this. Most of them didn't have anybody. And they followed that voice that was speaking to them. They ran the race set out before them. This race set out before us is the calling that God places on our lives long before we were even born. There are several passages that speak of the, the plans that God has for us, the fact that he knew us before we were born, the fact that he knew us when we were formed in our mother's womb. And each one of us, he has a plan for every single person in this room and out in that world. It's up to us to choose him to find out what that plan is. And so the questions then become, will we recognize it? Will we follow God's lead, and will we do all we can to run the race with endurance that is set out before us? One of the first things that we'll see when, we're, when we put our trust in Jesus is that his word, the Bible, becomes a mirror to us. Sometimes it, it shows us what's really in there. It exposes us for who we really are, and, and we might not like it, and we might embrace it, and we might figure out this has to change, and this I need to do a little bit better in. But it brings us face to face with ourselves. You know, the word of God is, is mentioned as a sword in Ephesians chapter 6, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing our very souls with conviction. And so, are we willing to allow God's Holy Spirit to speak conviction and respond with, yes, God, these are the things that I need to do in order to run the race that you have for me to run. These are the things I need to let go of. These are the things I need to add. These are the things I need to kind of dial into. 
See, the writer in this passage is using a, an athletic metaphor. And actually, Mike Kale, can you come up here for a minute? This wasn't planned, but I just want Mike Kale to come up here for a minute because I think he might have gotten into my notes. Come on, don't, don't, just run, run up here. Look at this. <laughs> Mike ran a marathon this morning. Is that this morning? 10K. Oh, oh a 10K, just a 10K. I can't even run 1K without breathing hard. But you know, when you run a race, life is a marathon. Just stay here for just a second. But this is perfect. I'm... It's perfect. Life is a marathon, and we can get tired, and we get struggles, and we get weary, but when you run a race, even when it's chilly in the morning, you're not going to see Mike start off at the finish line with, with a big sweat jacket and a hoodie on and boots and socks and leg warmers. He's wearing light shoes, light, light shorts, light t-shirt, so that he can run that race with endurance and not grow weary because of what he's wearing. Thanks, Mike. It's perfect. Now, if I was doing a message on the armor of God, that would have been even cooler. But. <laughs> but see, the life of a believer is the same way. The weight that slows us down are those things in life that weigh us down. Over time, we have things that we have to deal with in life that weigh us down, and they, they can become quite cumbersome. We often refer to this as baggage. And I, I don't want that to sound derogatory, but, but that's what it is. We, we have these things in life that it just, it's, over time, it gets heavier and it gets heavier. And maybe it's unforgiveness and, and maybe, it's, maybe it's something that was said to you, spoken over you as a child that was demeaning, brought low self-esteem, that was derogatory and you, you couldn't escape it in your head. Maybe it's bad relationships. Maybe it was a, a dysfunctional family. Maybe some of this stuff led to depression and anxiety and mental anguish. And these are things that weigh us down in life and will keep us from running the race with endurance that God has set before us. And oftentimes these things come from an area in life that we didn't ask for. But somehow we've got to deal with it. And try as we might, the longer we try to deal with it in our own strength, it only gets worse. And some of you right now, I'm sure, are like, oh, I know what he's talking about. And that's what Jesus is for. That's why Jesus allowed himself to be nailed to the cross. And then there's, there's the sin that so easily trips us up. All of us have something that we gravitate towards that we ought not to. There's always something. And some of you right now are like, oh, I hope he doesn't go through a list. <laughs> I'm not going to. You know what it is. I know what mine is. We all have something that we, we just we gravitate towards, and it's sin. And it, it, it will trip us up. And here's the thing about sin. It will eventually destroy our lives when we give it enough power to do so. And so we have the weight that slows us down and the sin that so easily trips us up. And these are the things that will keep us from being the person that God has called us to be. These are the things that will keep us from realizing what our true identity in Jesus Christ is. 
And the only way to accomplish a well-run race in life is to keep our eyes on Jesus. Once we understand that he is the one who initiates and perfects our faith, it becomes easier and easier for us to rely on him when these things in life creep up. Some things we, we've, we, we've been carrying around for 10, 20, 30, 40 years when we come to Jesus. It doesn't always go away overnight. Oftentimes we think it does and we, we start running too fast and then the next thing you know, it's there again. Slow and steady wins the race with the kingdom of God. See, see, we, each one of us in this room, every person out there, no matter how bad they are, were the joy on Jesus' face when he disregarded the shame and hostility of being nailed to the cross by sinful men. And who nailed him to the cross? Religious people. The very people who were supposed to be the examples to society. And the thought of what Jesus did for us on the cross is what should keep us from becoming weary in our race. I, I often think of, of like me, Chip Richardson, being on Jesus' mind as he was nailed to that cross. Sherry Roshan, he was looking right at you as he was hanging on that cross. Caprice McDonald, he was looking right at you when he was nailed to that cross. Al Morgan, he was looking right at you. I don't know if that's true or not, but I tell you something, it helps me when I'm struggling. Jesus, you did that for me. He did that for each one of us. Because the race set before us is not always easy. As a matter of fact, it can be quite challenging. This is what the Apostle Paul told the church in Corinth when it came to preaching the gospel. He traveled all along the Mediterranean area and he established churches and he had a lot of things coming up against him. But this is what he told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. He's talking about God and Jesus being raised from the dead. And then he says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. The kingdom of God lasts forever. That, right there, church, is the key to every believer. That's what we need to hold on to. The things we're dealing with right now that are in front of us that we can see, the, de the depression, the anxiety, the dysfunctional family, the things that, that, that I'm always thinking about, the memories that I can't shake, they're all temporary. And Jesus can help us through all of that. Because at some point, there will be a time when we will be in heaven with him. In our eternal glory forever. And all that stuff, every tear will be wiped away. And we will live in glory. 
Keeping our eyes on Jesus, keeping our thoughts on eternal life is the key because we know that someday Jesus will perfect that which concerns me. This is what gives us the endurance to run the race set before us and to run it well. Not only will we endure trials along the way, even Jesus can be challenging. I want to share a story from the Gospel of John chapter 6. I believe this, this is a famous story. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Out of a couple fish and a few loaves of bread, he feeds 5,000 people plus. Miraculous. Later on that night, he walks on water. Big day for miracles. The next day, the crowds find him. They're like, wait, he's not here. Where is he? They go track him down. They say, hey, we want to do the miracles of God. We want to do more. We want to do them. He said, you just are coming to me looking for more food. That's what he says. They said, no, we want to do the works of God like you. Here's what Jesus tells them in John 6, 29. This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe in me. All you got to do is believe in me. You put your faith in Jesus, all that, that baggage, all that stuff melts away. Believe in me is what he's saying. It's so simple. And then Jesus gets a little theological on them. And he starts talking about he and the Father are one, and he is the bread of life, and whoever comes to him will never thirst. And he starts, he kind of, he starts equating himself. He's using Old Testament verbiage to equate himself to God, to the Messiah. And they're in a synagogue at this moment, too. So only the real followers of his, those that want to be, to be with him, are listening to this. This isn't, this isn't a teaching for the masses, then it says there begin to be some murmurings amongst them because they're like, he's, he said he's the bread of life, but our Father in heaven is the bread of life. But what is, he, what is he saying? And then Jesus goes a little deeper theologically. Theologically. And then it says they begin arguing amongst themselves about what is he really talking about. This man is equating himself to God. He can't do that. Jesus just said, the only thing God wants you to do is believe in the one that he had sent. And then Jesus goes a little deeper theologically, and I'm telling you, it's easy to read the Bible and say, these guys, I don't understand how they didn't figure this out, but if I'm being honest, I probably would have put the brakes on things right there too. Because then he starts talking about if you drink my blood and eat my flesh and this and that and really, really weird stuff. He's talking about the symbolic act of communion after he's nailed to the cross and goes away. It's called the Lord's Supper. Nobody knows what he's talking about. It's weird, man. Here's what happens. And and I I just got to point this out. It's John 6. 66. Look, now I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not into like numbers and stuff, but look, at this point, many of, his, and many of his disciples turned and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe 
and we know you are the Holy One of God. Everybody else left but the 12. And Peter, Peter says, Lord, to whom would we go? Where are we going to go? We're buying in. You're a little weird, but we're buying into what you're teaching. We understand. Here's the deal, church. At some point in the journey of the race set before us, every follower of Jesus has to put a stake in the ground and make a stand. And boldly say, with the life God has given me, I will persevere. No matter what the circumstances, no matter how hard the trial, no matter how big the mess up, I will stay with Jesus. Who else will I follow? Who else will I follow? I will follow and stand for Jesus all the days of my life. When scripture is challenging and life gets tough, who else will I follow? Which should always be the answer. Who else offers eternal life in heaven? I believe and I know that you are the one and only God of heaven. The words of eternal life are secure with you, Jesus. That should always be what comes out of our mouth and is in our thoughts when life gets tough. And I'll close it with this. When the race gets hard, and it will, when Jesus seems distant, and sometimes he will, when life doesn't seem to make sense, and often it will, our answer must always remain, I am in this for life. The race is a marathon. And no matter who drops out around me, I will make sure I finish strong so that we cross the finish line and hear the voice of Jesus tell us, well done, good and faithful servant. You ran the race well that was set out before you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Well, Lord Jesus, I just thank you for today, and I thank you, God, for those words, and I know that my brother Mark and his wife Chris, they've run the race well, but the race isn't over. And I pray for each one of us in this room, Lord God, who, who are struggling right now and, and, and are like, my race seems like a sprint. I can't stop. I can't seem to get started. I don't know how to do this. Jesus said, the only thing you need to do is believe in me. Believe in me. I've got a, a, a phrase that I believe the Lord has been speaking to me about for a number of areas, and it's this. Follow my lead. Follow my lead. And I believe there's some here that Jesus is saying, just follow my lead. Right now, there's a lot of complicated stuff there's a lot of things you might not understand in the scriptures. Follow my lead. Just focus on me. Know that when I was on that cross, I had you in mind. We're going to get this figured out together. So God, I thank you for that. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.